0: hello everybody and welcome to episode number six of the still city insider podcast i am one of your hosts jeremy ritz alongside mr jim wexel jim it was a tough sunday but we're here to help Steelers fans through it
1: did, did we really do a podcast of laughing smiling joking talking about our skin our super bowl tickets everything else did we really do that we did I wore a ball cap backwards. It said Super Bowl on it. You know, now I got put my good shirt on, comb my hair, put my best cologne on, and I study. I'm ready. I got the brown stuff. It's like it. it I. I felt like hey, while I was studying and getting all these nuggets for the show, I thought, man, if I'm putting all the work in, how much work do we think the players are putting in this week? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, mean, we know about their performance. We all saw that. And some people saw our performance. So, I mean, our predictions were so wrong. My prediction. I can't remember yours. I didn't make one. (laughs) Yeah, I had them beating the 49ers and, uh, you know, I think going to the Super Bowl and everything else. But, yeah. So, uh, back to work.
0: <laughs> hey, back to work. We, the, the team lives to fight another day. We live to fight another podcast here. <laughs> and episode 76 here, uh, the Chukwoma Accor for the Chukes episode, and, and fittingly so, um, because today was a Tomlin Tuesday. There was a rash of injuries for a team that really escaped the injury bug during the preseason, uh, throughout training camp. Uh, it's bitten pretty hard. And to some significant players.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Two very significant players. You know, Cam, it was nice building depth around Cam. Mm -hmm. And that was the excitement about the depth at the D line, the strongest unit in spring training, the most difficult cuts. And that's true. But now it's just depth. Yeah. And a rookie to, who might be pretty good, but could possibly – say if Keanu Benton replaces Cam Hayward, he goes up against Joel Petonio and and Wills, the left tackle. That's not going to be easy. And I know it's not going to be Benton because they're going to keep calling him a nose tackle. I I just think he's more of a defensive tackle, but he played well as a nose tackle, played better than Montrevious Adams. But uh, I'm assuming they'll put Lee Allen Loudermilk over there those guys are good complementary players man when you lead to lose that lead dog geez, killer yeah and and that's eight games um Deonte Johnson's going to be a couple games Deontay Johnson same kind of thing you know Pickens can be that crazy wild card over there and go deep and catch some big you know uh big sideline passes tall and bring them in and miraculous catches. Deontay Johnson gets open on third and sixth. And I don't know if the quarterback can get it to him, but that's another topic. But yeah, Deontay Johnson's a blow. And I assume he'll be replaced by Calvin Austin. Mm-hmm. Calvin shows a lot, but again, just very raw. And now we're going to see what he really knows. He, he's, he's another good complimentary piece. Yeah. But now that he's a main piece, Be more focused. And as Mike Tomlin said today at his press conference about those Cleveland corners, they were the story of the game. And they paused and then he said, on either side of the ball, meaning Cleveland's upset of of Cincinnati and the shutting down of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and company. Those two corners are now going to be tasked with Pickens, Calvin Austin, Lil Allen Robinson out of the slot low Gunner little Gunner old coming in there
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah there's some uh that's why you put your nice shirt on and do the podcast this week and you do some homework
0: yeah yeah it's it's uh it, you it, gotta go to work gotta go to work and let's kind of let's let's dig in a little bit more and talking about Hayward you know yes he is a stud player but m- more so too the intangible component his leadership. Uh, on the field for for a lot of these young guys it's going to force you know Benton it's going to force Loudermilk to really you know it's it's time to put up now we didn't think it would be this early but they're going to be put on the spot and the same thing with with Austin you mentioned Austin stepping in for Johnson you know to look at it this from the positive optimistic standpoint this is an opportunity for these guys to prove that hey I belong in the league and I'm not saying playing up to the level of Cam Hayward or Deontay Johnson, but here's an
1: opportunity. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you mentioned about the leadership, and Mike was asked about that today, and he said Cam won't leave the team. The leadership will remain, won't be on the field. Hmm. But maybe someone like Minka steps up and does what he did against Cincinnati last year where he was very vocal. I couldn't remember another game where he was so vocal everywhere, hitting hard. I don't even know if he played last week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not, now maybe Minka steps up. Maybe one of those inside linebackers steps up. TJ. More, more. I mean, TJ's a good leader, and we saw him and we heard him last week. But that's that's the kind. I don't know that Leal steps up as that leader, but someone like Minka May.
0: Yeah. And was there any mention by Tomlin about a core four? Because he, I know there toward the end of the contest, um, he he was out. Is he gonna be able to play? Was he concussion protocol?
1: He's yes, he's in concussion protocol. And I mean, coaches never make predictions about what's gonna happen at the end of concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. But at Tomlin let slip at the end of the press conference that he expects Chukes and uh Fryer Muth and um who are some of the other injured guys? The, the Nick guys, uh Larry Ogan Joby, mm-hmm. he expects them to play. They're gonna miss early. In the week, L James Daniels, the right guard. Okay. It sounds like they're all gonna play. Why? And I tell you, that's big. and I know people still blast you because it's the worst lineman, but you know, Dan Moore when he had a bad game, of course, but when he goes to right tackle, he's he's really bad. And when he was supposed to battle Sack Banner. The year and they were going to put chukes at left tackle remember chukes didn't do that well at left tackle so they moved more back and Moore was playing so badly at right tackle I think that that's what made him the left tackle because he was so bad at right tackle and he got some plays here and there at camp but we saw in the game it's just really not natural for him over there
0: yeah yeah <laughs> not a not a good uh not a good way to start the season there. at all. Broderick
1: Jones looked okay. And, you know, maybe he could survive, but you know, I, I assume they'll start Dan Moore at left tackle and chooks. If he returns will be the right tackles.
0: Right. Well, we got to talk about it a little bit and we we've hinted to it here, uh, you know, with some of these injuries that came out of the game, but the Steelers dropped their opening contest 30 to seven against a very, very good uh NFC team in the in the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I was at the game, Jim, uh, and I, I wanted to make sure that I, I, I said something about this too. Um six sixty-seven thousand six hundred and seventy-nine fans in attendance. I've never seen an opposing team show up like the Niners did. I mean, it it almost felt like how other teams feel when the Steelers nation comes in and takes over. It was it's crazy.
1: I, I, I've said this for a while because I I came here as a, a eighth grader. I, I moved here in the eighth grade. I was from Chicago. Lived a little bit in Buffalo first. And I was from Chicago, and I was a rabid Bears fan. And the 85 Bears were just wonderful. And I think it was 86 or 87, they came to Pittsburgh. And we took over Three River Stadium because <laughs> it was the 80s for the Steelers. And it was 87, I forget, maybe 88 for the Bears. They were still, everybody who's a Bears fan from 100 miles around, or maybe even from Chicago, it was a good opportunity to go see them when otherwise they would be sold out at home. Yeah. So it's about winning. You're used to Steeler fans taking over stadiums. It's because they've won two Super Bowls recently. But in the 80s, they let people take over their stadium, at least Bears fans. And um, I, I think the Cowboys fans took it over in 92 or something like that when the Cowboys were riding high. Mm-hmm. It happens. But yeah. This really, it did surprise me. Because I thought there was a lot of excitement about the team this year and it would be a difficult ticket. And it's not like there are San Francisco fans in, in the tri-state area like there are Pittsburgh fans in other areas. Mm-hmm. You know, the the diaspora the the move the migration of pittsburgh they moved out yeah. when the steel mills died i don't there hasn't been something anything like that in san francisco they paid top dollar to get on airplanes and come all this way man i was shocked and i, I can't imagine what it've been like for you to come mm-hmm. hey because I, I went to the game too don't get me wrong but i was paid i was working
0: yeah it was a yeah, and it I, I will tell you that it it uh I was feeling some type of way when that let's go Niners chant echoed throughout the stadium. Um it hurt. It hurt. <laughs> Even though I am media, I'm objective media. So <laughs> Hey,
1: you paid for a ticket. You were a fan that night. That's okay.
0: I, I was. But let's talk let's talk about the loss. Um, you know, I know we want to move through it so we could talk about the Browns because there's no time to sit here and lick, lick their wounds. They've got to gear up for their first AFC North battle here. Uh, it's at home Monday night. But what stood out to you in this loss? And probably the best place to start is with Kenny Pickett for as precise and accurate as he was in the preseason. It was the exact opposite.
1: I don't know. I mean, that he bounced his head off, off the ground on his first series, right? Mm-hmm. We I didn't see I didn't notice that until it was brought up on the internet later. Um, the slipping, were the was the timing off, you know Deontay Johnson that was a that was a high pass that I can't blame all on the slip that was mm-hmm. intercepted by Deontay Johnson because it was a bad pass. Um, but uh, perhaps Friermuth tried to come back for a ball behind him. And uh, they were slipping. Was it was it the field? Was it Kenny being concussed? Was it Kenny being nervous? Was it poor timing and poor play, not calling, but play design? Uh, or is there a lack of communication? Let's just say it was not coordinated well, all of it. I'm not saying that's the fault of the coordinator, but the word is coordinated. <laughs> It was not a good offense, and the coordinator's got to eat this one, and the head coach has to eat the fact that he kept the coordinator, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And But it could have all been just a horrendous game by Kenny Pickett, which it it was. (laughs) You know what's funny? We saw how bad he played. His passer rating was Mm 68.4. You think Joe Burrows was higher or lower? (laughs) Um, I'm just going to go with lower. Yeah. It was lower, lower 52.2. Wow. Can you guess which other quarterback Kenny Pickett ranked above in passer rating? Mm. Just guess what? Lamar Jackson. Deshaun Watson. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. In a, in a rocking chair ride of a win, he had a, a 67.3 passer rating. Wow. He was 16 for 29 sacked three times, 154 yards, through a pick, nothing, nothing great. Hmm. So there's some hope. And even on Kenny Pickett, I-, I thought that was the worst game I ever saw him play. Even yeah. on his worst game, he, you know, numerically, he was better than the quarterback who's coming into town this week.
0: So here's one thing that stood out to me. I, I wanted to to run this by you, see if you, you felt the same way. But it reminded me, of the issues that have occurred in the past with this offense that there's no there's no rhythm that's established in terms of running the football it's just all awkward uh you're trying to manufacture this running game as opposed to it being rhythmic and it would they carry the ball 10 times they ran another one of those jet sweeps but it just didn't seem like the offense or the or, or the plays there was any rhythm or they're they're building sequentially off of a concept it just felt like all right hey let's let's do a jet sweep all right let's run four verticals i mean you know, again you i don't know. want to put this all on canada but it just felt like the same
1: old ineptitude i, I, I don't i don't know that designing a run game against that run defense I, I i like the concept of using the pass to set up the run but not a jet sweep i second and four would have been a great, that's now we give the ball to Najee. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. If he only gets two, then still third and two. Uh, And and you've given the ball to Najee. You've got him going. You've got Pickens going. You've got Pickett with a completion. And that's, I think what you're talking about with rhythm, not just the running game, but just rhythm for, for your key players. Yeah. Yeah. Let's surprise him with Calvin Austin later. Yeah. I mean, I think San Francisco came into the game and said, hey, this little guy, 19, he's real fast. Okay, let's run him the second play. I mean, you know, over to Friar Muse, it's not your best blocker. If you got Mount Washington over there as your tight end, you know, don't say it was just a missed block from working when you ran to your worst tight end blocker. Yeah. So um, I, that call was just, oh, here we go. Um, that would have been a good uh, time to give it to Najee, get Najee involved. Second and four, you hate to give it to him on first and 10 because you know it's now going to be third and nine yeah. by the time you establish the run, right? So, uh, yeah, second and four, boom, give it to Najee, and then you get him some rhythm, you know. So, yeah,
0: then you're in a third and short situation, and then maybe you do your little QB sneak, build a little bit of confidence, and you know, see, we should be calling the games.
1: No. Well, you know, we would add Kendrick Green back there because Kendrick Green wouldn't just be the fullback. <laughs> He'd be your push-the-sneak guy. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Did he start for Houston? I didn't even see. Oh, I don't know. I, 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 I am not going to follow his career. Uh, we're going to have to see him in a couple of weeks. I, I don't want to watch him play center. But, you know, San Francisco has a fullback. That's supposed to be some kind of high tech offense. They have a fullback yeah. and they use that dude. I'm not going to try to attempt to pronounce his name, but he's really good.
0: Yeah, file something. Yeah, yeah I'm not Jones either. Game. I'm not either. Yeah. So yeah, offensively, really nothing to to speak of or or to to talk about other than it was just bad. And then if we flip over to the defensive side of the ball, I can't. We can't really say it was much better outside of TJ Watt, who did come to play you know, with his three sacks, just his all-out effort. But, you know, the, the backbreaker was the the big touchdown run by McCaffrey just when it looked like the team was maybe maybe getting some footing and was going to get back into the contest. And then he rips off that 65-yarder. And then, oh, yeah, maybe the run, run defense issues have not been solved.
1: Yeah, maybe the linebackers. <laughs> Although, I tell you, that's San Francisco. Offensive line really got after it on that play, and McCaffrey, McCaffrey, you know Nick Chubb's coming to town too. Probably the two best backs in the league. Yeah. Those are first round draft picks. Don't say that you don't draft a running back in the first round. You know now that it's now that it's unlike the old days when there were five fantastic running backs who dominated ball. There, we haven't had that in the NFL, and that's why people devalue running backs, mm-hmm. also because they don't last long. But McCaffrey and Chubb, I'd take them in the first round all over again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I think I think they're the kind of players that make running backs even more valuable. When you get that rare guy that is really a playmaker like that and is durable and can get there to a second contract, that's really valuable. It's rare in, in the game. So McCaffrey is special. I think he – if you you can name a better running back, go ahead, but he, he strikes me as the best running back in the league right now. Yeah. He, I, I wasn't aware he had so much power. I knew he had the speed and the moves.
0: Yeah, that was uh, that was definitely uh, – it was a great run, great blocking. I mean, there was – it was really just a clear path to the end and he had to make that nice little move there toward the end. But then you look at Brock Purdy, you know, came into the league the same time as Pickett, played a clean game, not really – uh Gaudy statistics: nineteen of twenty-nine, two hundred twenty yards, two touchdowns, one hundred eleven point three quarterback rating. But he played well. He played within a a system, and there was a strong contrast between, you know, what what the Niners put on the field versus uh, the the Steelers. I know it's it's different because there's more veteran ball players there offensively with McCaffrey, uh, with Debo, who really was quiet. So was George Kittle. But there's a natural comparison there, being that these two quarterbacks came in the league the same time. Uh what were your thoughts on Purdy's performance?
1: Well, like you said, they have a system. And that was a big difference in the game. Having a system, yeah. <laughs> having a plan was really a, a smart thing to do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But they also have a better offensive line. Uh, with all due respect to Isaac Siamalu. Who is gonna play better? He, if he's the best guy, he had a bad game. He actually, if you remember, when he jumped illegal procedure, that's when the booze started. Mm -hmm. And they weren't booing him, they were booming, booing a lack of a system in place. Yes. But it was it was him who, who got the booze. And that was the guy that was supposed to turn that whole line around, but the line was just terrible. So Purdy had that advantage. He had a clean pocket. And he steps up into it better than Kenny. Kenny runs Mm -hmm. at the first sign of trouble. Again, may have been that conk on the head. Yeah. Well, I mean, the inside linebackers were, you know, we were raving about them last week. Yeah. It would be the same thing. I remember raving about Miles Jack last year before the first game. Mm -hmm. I, I will say this about Patrick Peterson's taking a lot of grief in town and I'll criticize him for saying what he said on the podcast last week it was unnecessary and he knows better. Um but okay, he slipped early yeah. and gave up a touchdown. And that was really the only poor play he made. And then he changed he changed his cleats right after that. But you warmed up, Patrick. You're a veteran. You knew that field was slippery. The 49ers apparently knew. Hmm. They weren't slipping. I don't know why he didn't change his cleats before. Okay, so we'll give him that one. The other touchdown he gave up, he was in smothering coverage. 50-50 ball. Great receiving catch. And Patrick made a couple other nice plays, and he he was in coverage. He, he gives you – I still think he has man capability. Now, if you bring Joey off the bench and replace Levi Wallace, if Levi becomes your third corner, then maybe you have – one, somebody you can tackle, maybe. Hmm. I don't know if you saw Levi. Levi's the one that over-pursued and yeah. filling the hole on McCaffrey's big run. Um, Patrick Peterson got down and really slowed things up. Ray Ray McLeod was blocking him. He couldn't get off the block, but he slowed things up. He made McCaffrey... You know, somebody almost could have come from behind and tackle him. So I'm not down on Patrick Peterson. A couple of things that I thought... Should have been more veteran of him. But I I still look at him and see the athletic ability. So I don't know that he deserves everyone's scorn, but some criticisms for sure. But I, I don't think you replace him with Joey. I think Levi Wallace is the guy you start looking at right now after that game.
0: Yeah, yeah I think that's a logic logical move if they are going to make a shift there uh, at the cornerback position. But kind of bringing this home, Jim, you know, this is, uh, it was just a a, a bad game. Um, and I was sitting there racking my brain. I'm like, when was the last opener that was, you know, this pitiful? And uh, I'm sure there's a few we can point to, but it reminded me of the opener. I think it was 2011. Steelers traveled to Baltimore and just got ravaged. And that was the one where Paul Mollo tried to rip re- Ray Race's helmet off. <laughs> and they rebounded that season only to get T-bowed uh in the wild card round so not all hope is lost uh but final thoughts on on this this putrid performance
1: well you know it's um they've bounced back from other big losses the 51 nothing loss was followed by another pasting the next week by another division team and they made the playoffs came within a drop pass of making the AFC championship game um the Cowboys waxed them, what year was it? 97. And they ended up going to the AFC Championship game. The Cowboys beat them 37 7 in the opener.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They went to the AFC Championship game. So there's precedent for recovering. And there's a lot of introspection that has to be going on on all levels. Yeah. I mean, I wrote a column about it. I even introspected on myself just to set the tone for these guys. This is how you do it.
0: I you saw that. The, I saw the talk Mark, Mark Manson book. Yeah, the Manson book you referenced.
1: You talk about your most embarrassing things, you question your beliefs, and that's how you get better. Yeah. And so um, I'm sure they're doing that. They they can't help it. They can't help it. Um, So there's that. And you, you look and you see Cleveland coming in and you see the matchup problems without Cam Hayward, those corners going against such young receivers, uh, Miles Garrett going against Dan Moore and chukes whatever he wants up the middle he can make his pick he's moving around with Jim Schwartz the new defensive coordinator and Nick Chubb running on this defense let let me give you a stat though Nick Chubb against the Steelers career 4.6 average he's played 10 games okay I don't think I counted the playoff game so uh it's uh Nine regular season games, 4.6 average, uh, only two 100-yard games, and 113 was his high. So he hasn't really torched them. But, man, you go into this game with fear, right? hmm After what you saw last week. So the matchup, you just can't see it working out. But you know how funny things happen. they oh, yeah. look so bad one week. Cleveland looked so good. Cleveland's doing podcasts right now where they're all real cool and happy and wearing their hats backwards. Yeah. You no. Know.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, you're right. You know, one week does not define a season and anything could happen Monday night, but they they have to respond. I mean, if it's another stinker, then there might be some some truth to this being just a mediocre or below average ball
1: club. Or a mediocre to below-average quarterback. And I have refused yeah. to believe that because I've argued all of offseason that he was had a good rookie season. And others looked at his stats and said, you know, the, the analytics say that anybody with this low of a TD percentage has never started the next year. You know, I, I, I ignored all that because I liked what I saw. So now I have to question, do I know anything about him? <laughs> 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 I mean – so he's, he's got to play better to make me look better. Yeah. It's about me, not him. <laughs> the,
0: the last thing I'll, I'll say about Pickett is I, I remember you saying this when, when I came out to St. Vincent's, but you were talking about how he was always going backward in the pocket instead of stepping up and and he was trying to throw on the run a lot. I felt like I saw a lot of that on Sunday, not just being resolute and firm in in the pocket.
1: And but climbing. I, I, yeah, climbing. He, not
0: climbing like
1: party did.
0: Yeah, but then also too, I I still even on the, the short to in, intermediate passes, I'm still not seeing the zip to fit it in a window or just, and maybe that's just me. And I'm not saying I'm not saying this game speaks for his what he's going to do, but that's becoming more more of a concern for me.
1: Yeah. Um, I just remember Mitt Pitt and I know NFL windows are a lot smaller, but he, he, he got it through some small windows repeatedly and in the preseason. Yeah. I don't know that he had to climb the pocket in the preseason, but he was, he was clean and he was stepping up. It wasn't much. uh, Now when he takes a designed role and throws on a run, he, he does a good job, but you know, his, uh, he he's not working the inside of the pocket. If, all you had to do is watch Purdy.
0: Mm-hmm. He
1: had a knack, he has a knack for it. Yeah. And, and the great quarterbacks do. Yeah. So that's what Pickett's got to work. He's got to do something like that. You know,
0: yeah. Well.
1: Or, you know, like Matt Steele wrote, and I put it in the column. Matt Steele's been calling for the Steelers to interview Brian Greasy, the quarterback's coach at San Francisco. He wants anybody who's learned under Shanahan. And I can't argue with that at all. Yeah. I did So agree. Brian Greasy, you know, a, there is a quarterback coach right now with Purdy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if things don't turn around this year, that's the guy. So not only we got the hot seat hot, we got the replacement. already.
0: Here we got ready to go. You heard it here <laughs> first, right? That's why it's the insider podcast. Well, that's going to do it then. Episode 76, Jim, you want to, um, you want to put a prediction out there
1: for next week, or no? No, you saw what happened to my prediction last week. I think I was the one that did it, and I don't want to. I mean, fans are mad enough at me.
0: All right. Well, then here I'll I'll, I'll take I'll take one here. All right. I'll, I'm since you took it out this week. I'm going to say the Steelers come out angry, pissed off, upset, and they're going to channel that, and we're going to see one of these youngsters, whether it's uh, Calvin Austin filling in for Deontay Johnson or John and Benton Milk, some of these younger defensive linemen who step up not saying make us forget about Hayward but one of those one of those players is going to make a make an impact and the sealers are going to pull out a close one here to get back, back on the winning curve
1: they are a home monday night dog it's a division game and they're coming yeah. they're, they're in bounce back mode all the things i look for in intangibles are there yeah except i, I i'm way too frightened now, yeah, I, if the Browns fans take over like the Niners fans. No, that's your responsibility. I take responsibility <laughs> for the scoreboard. You better keep those stands cleared, mister. <laughs> I'm, I'm I am don't know why you let those all those 49er fans come in last Jeez, time. Man. Here, just one more nugget. Somebody uh, said it's time to bring out the all-badger front. TJ, Loudermilk, Benton, and Herbig.
0: I like you know, it. I looked
1: at that Ford. I said, "That don't sound bad."
0: Doesn't sound bad. Doesn't <laughs> sound bad. Hey, maybe that the, the the Badger. I like it. The Badger front. There we go. Maybe. So you
1: know, like you said, anyone can step up, and Calvin Austin could be. I mean, you know how fast he is.
0: Yeah, and he can
1: right. make plays.
0: Yep one one play is all all that it takes, and that's gonna do it. One podcast is all that it takes. This is episode seventy six. We're climbing to episode one hundred. We are at. 492 subscribers. We have eight more to go. And if you get us to 500, the Steelers are going to win. I think that's why we didn't win last week, because we didn't hit
1: 500. I know, and, and you... you, They promised. i read the comments. They promised that we were going to get to 500, and yeah. we did not. Yeah. Okay, so, that, well, that was the problem.
0: Then. That was the problem. we got to step it up. So, make sure you check out Jim's work at the Still City Insider. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Jim Wexel. You can follow me on Twitter at Still uh, StillStudy and we will see you back here for episode 77 after hopefully a Steelers win over the Browns. Jim, have a great week.
1: Okay, man. You too.